Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Impact Business Group Job Talk. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, although it's not Halloween yet, we're going to talk about ghosting, but a different type of ghosting. And uh, uh, we have uh, with us uh, Kurt Wilbrandt, one of our account managers. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm doing well. Thank you, Mark. And uh, we also have Matt Peel. How are you doing today, Matt? Good. I like your uh, your metaphor. Yeah, uh, right. I'll, I'll be Casper <laughs> the ghost in this one. Yep. Uh, no, no ghosts for Halloween, and we're not talking about dating. Uh, so we're talking about a different type of ghosting. Uh, so Matt, maybe you can enlighten our audience to what kind of ghosting we're talking about today. Uh, ghosting in our world of staffing and job opportunities and, and uh, taking on a new position is where a candidate uh, has accepted a role and uh, I'm expected to start on a certain day and and that person does not show up nor communicate nor respond um, after they don't show up on the day and time they said they were going to show up. Yep. And would you extend that also to be maybe someone who is currently employed and then they're deciding they're going to leave and they just sh- uh, take off and just stop communicating with the employer completely? Um, I think it applies to everybody. People that are, are gamefully employed that uh, are taking a new role, people that uh, are between projects or assignments. Uh, so I don't think, at least from my seat, and I'm, I'm interested in Kurt's, we've had a couple of these of late. But from my seat, I, I can't pinpoint or tell you it happens just to one particular group or, or demographic. It, it, is, uh, it is across the board these days. Yeah. And I found a study that shows, uh, it's called from Vizier, and um, it shows uh, that 84% of job seekers have ghosted their employer or potential new employer in the past 18 months. And according to their survey, uh, especially in the later stages of hiring and uh, onboarding. That's when it seems to happen the most. Um, so, Kurt, maybe you can talk a little bit about some of the the main reasons you think that uh, employees are ghosting their employers. Yeah, I think what we're seeing is we have a market that is hyperactive in terms of hiring, and the pendulum has swung from being an employer-driven market to a candidate-driven market. So, Candidates have lots of opportunities to consider. Um, There's always something new that's opening up in the market, maybe to distract someone who's already accepted a position but hasn't started it. And candidates just have a lot of different choices. And I have heard from candidates where the onboarding process from an employer was stellar, where they really felt embraced and any anxieties they were having about starting work kind of mitigated uh, along the way and lots of contact with the manager before they got on board. And then I've heard candidates where they've heard nothing until the day they show up to work. And so I think candidates have a lot of choices. And I think employers, the ones that have figured it out, have really nice onboarding processes. The ones that haven't, um, they're the ones that are probably seeing a lot more ghosting uh, than the other. So candidates get to pick and choose right now. And employers, you know, really need to address the fact that starting something new, even going from, a, say, a known bad situation to what is a potentially good situation can still be full of anxiety for a candidate. So anything we can do to help that candidate feel at ease, 
and excited about their decision to move forward. That definitely should be, be reinforced throughout okay. the hiring cycle. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into uh, a little bit later. I have a, a few questions I wanted to ask about what employers can do to to address that this is happening. Um, so um, a few reasons that I found um, that uh, uh, employees might be ghosting their employers. So let me rattle them off a little bit, and maybe you can uh, both comment on what you think. Uh, so uh, so like you were alluding to, Kurt, that it might be easier in this current market to find a new job. So uh, employers or employees are not that worried about offending their employer, perhaps. Um, and um, any thoughts on that, Matt, that the job market has changed and em- employers are just not as concerned with their job prospects anymore? Well, to Kurt's point, right, the, the job market has changed uh, extensively. Um, not only is it an employee market or candidate driven market, um, the market has become more flat than we've ever seen it before. Um, so employers are not only competing with, um, the local hiring market that they reside in, but, um, really the, the national labor market because of COVID and the ability to work from remote. Uh, areas it's it's driving up competition number of opportunities pay rates etc because i no longer have to find somebody here in my local market i can expand it to include the entire global market so i, I think that's a big factor in this as well yep and uh, i think uh, the way employees or job candidates may have perceived things in the past is that they've taken the time to write up a resume, they've written the, the cover letter and spent the time doing that, maybe filling in lengthy online applications, sometimes sending it off to employers just to never hear back. So I think a lot of candidates may feel like, hey, they, I've been ghosted in the past. Employers don't bother communicating with me. So why should I bother communicating with them? So I don't know, Kurt, is that something you're seeing or uh, experiencing at all? Well, because there were no positions during COVID, um, the the noise that you heard about that from the candidate community was probably um, valid, but also overblown because of circumstances where you had a lot of people flooding every job posting that did show up and many employers just didn't have the resources to respond to each applicant. And in many cases, their talent acquisition teams were reduced in size as well. So there was definitely frustration in the candidate community, uh, but I think it's been at an all-time high in terms of either side ghosting the other, just disappearing, not responding to email, not responding to text, not responding to uh, voicemail. And so I think there's just a lot of frustration. People are tired too. I mean, COVID has taken its toll on the employment community and people are tired in general. So I, th- I think there's a lot of different factors that are causing the ghosting right now. Yeah. And uh, uh, Matt, I, I know we've talked about negotiating and those kinds of topics before. Do uh, you think it happens from time to time that somebody might just ghost as a way of leverage for a, a better offer or better salary offer when I, I they're think- working with an employer? I think there's so many different answers in this uh, this this pod of ghosting that we're we're talking about, right? It, 
and I think we can speculate to we're blue in the face on why it occurs. To Kurt's point, yeah, the candidates for a long period of time don't even get rejection letters, don't even get notes back when they apply of saying, hey, you know, um, thanks, but no thanks, right? We don't get the Dear John letters anymore. So the candidate can easily justify in their mind going, yeah, these guys never bothered to, to, to tell me I'm a fit or not a fit, so I've got no problem ghosting them. Um, and there's so much that goes on behind, behind the scenes that we don't have answers to, right? Is this candidate, when they accept the job, um, does their resume stay up on a job board per se? And if so, they're going to continue to get phone calls. So maybe they've accepted the job in good faith and, and the situation occurs where their resume stayed up there and somebody talks them into, hey, yeah, you haven't started yet. Take a look at this role. Um, so that factors into it, but also using it as a, a, a counter offer mechanism for their current employee. There's those situations that occur. Absolutely. You know, um, I, there's so many variables that take place in, in a ghosting effort that we, we can't see. We don't, we've never walked a day in their shoes. So it could be any one of those aforementioned examples that somebody decides, Hey, I got no problem ghosting these guys. Yep. So the reasons can just run the gamut and uh, it's hard to predict a specific one. Um, so according to this study that I mentioned earlier, uh, they also mentioned that, and this surprised me a little bit because I thought, well, maybe it happens more when people are applying for like the hourly low wage type of jobs and they don't really care that much if they're ghosting. Um, but according to this study, they, uh, they showed that actually the ghosting increased the more senior the role became. Um, so I don't know, if it, is that something that we're seeing as well? Uh, Kurt, have you noticed if that's made any difference uh, what type of role it is? I haven't seen that so much as a trend, but it does make sense. The higher level and more senior level roles also carry with it much higher compensation packages. And so employers, when they lose someone at a leadership level, uh, are competing aggressively to replace that resource to keep projects on track and keep initiatives moving forward. So it makes sense that if you've just lost one of your senior leaders, you might pull out all the stops in terms of trying to attract another candidate to fill that void. And, you know, at that level, those folks, once they know they have the role they truly want, um, I don't think would have any guilt about, you know, ghosting at that point to other potential suitors, if you will. And uh, if we look at it from the uh, uh, the candidate side, uh, what's the risk of, uh, of ghosting or just behaving in this way, regardless of the number of different reasons that it could be, uh, the outcome of the employer knowing like, hey, this person just didn't show up, didn't communicate with us. What, what kind of risk do they run? for future employment opportunities? What do you think, Matt? Um, I guess the risk is, you know, people tend not to forget and it's a, a small world, right? So the, the downside is that person you ghosted will remember your name. You know, we always, uh, it's like the news. You always remember the negative. You don't really remember the positive, but if, uh, you get ghosted or I'm looking for someone to start and they ghost me, I'm going to remember that person's name, <laughs> regardless of role, position, whatnot. 
And uh, the downside is um, the pendulum, as Kurt said in the onset, it's gonna it's gonna change. It's it, it will level set uh, to some point, and it's not what I would call a long term a long term prudent strategy, right? Because uh, it, it 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 could come back to bite you if someone uh, that you ghosted um, is at a different company down the road, they're going to remember your name, right? Cause it, it will affect a group of people when, when you accept a new role, you know, the hiring manager, their team that you met with, et cetera. So, you know, they're expecting you to start, you don't show up, right. That manager got to listen team. So-and-so didn't show up and, and they ghosted us. So it's, uh, um, that could be the, the, the most costly thing. Yep. And uh, Kurt, you and I had, had an offline chat about this uh, on a week or so ago, I think. And you had mentioned um, about the kind of a small tight-knit HR community, for example. People tend to talk to each other and share stories. So so you, you as a candidate may think, well, I'm not going to apply for this particular one company again, but it doesn't mean that word won't get around. So I don't know if you want to share your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, like we discussed, you know, a lot of the HR folks belong to the same trade groups and they meet routinely to have luncheons and go through training sessions. And anytime someone has been affected negatively by whether it's ghosting or some other behavior, uh, the folks that are handling the hiring from the human resource side, they do talk. And if two or more of them have had the same experience, uh, they're bound to share more details with each other. Uh, the other thing, too, is that the folks in HR, they do move from employer to employer for their own career. So I think Matt alluded to it earlier where you may not ever apply to that one firm again, but someone who was there at the time you ghosted them has now moved to an employer you really would like to work for and your reputation ends up preceding you. The other thing is, despite any of our human memory, uh, might not always being the greatest, but uh, almost all employers are now using applicant tracking systems. And those systems have areas in them where you can put in detailed notes. And so somebody who has consumed a fair amount of time, energy, and resources at a given employer, if they ghost them, that'll get recorded in their applicant tracking system so they don't go down that path again. So you may end up at some point having changes in your own career needs and then want to rethink applying to a firm that a few years ago you ghosted, they look it up in their applicant tracking system, and then you don't hear anything further. You're not you're a candidate they're just not going to consider. So main thing to keep in mind is your personal reputation in the job market where uh, you're doing your work. And you may have some remote employment right now, thinking that won't ever affect you, but down the road you may need to look at an employer in your local market again. So best to be professional as opposed to leaving someone hanging or walking out at the last minute. Yep, absolutely. So uh, on the flip side of all of this, now that we've, we've talked a little bit about what's happening in the back end, what's you know going on, causing all these things, um, what can an employer do to at least, if not eliminate completely, maybe minimize the risk of having somebody ghost them? Um, so... Um, Maybe, Matt, you can talk a bit about what we do on our end with impact to to uh, make sure that we at least minimize that risk. Well, I guess uh, the easy answer is try and create an environment 
from the onset of open, honest communication, um, an effective way to communicate any changes that a person may have leading up to their start date. But for us, um, it really is around a bunch of touch points, right? Walking them through uh, that resignation process, uh, making sure that that their resume is uh, taken down uh, on the aforementioned job site or or whatever tool they use to apply, right? And, and we want to circle back and make sure that that is done. Uh, we want to onboard that person and they have, you know, their paperwork done and successful touches with our HR group and our HR administration team. Um, and then uh, I think the most important piece is, is that person that, um, you know, is hiring that individual or connected to that individual is, is touching them during those 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 two week period uh, from resignation to start a lunch a coffee, um, right? As soon as they accept, you start that uh, that quote quote unquote onboarding and, and uh, relationship building process with the person. I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, I know a lot of people like to uh, do a lot of communication with the text, email, uh, keep things online. Uh, Cart, are there things that you are doing uh, that you try to take that off online? And uh, I know you talked to people on the phone and Matt had mentioned the maybe meeting up for coffee or, you know, some sort of personal connection. Um, any other thoughts on that on your end? No, I, I think it, it comes down to um, just good communication. Like Matt said, open and honest communication up front and then all the way through the process. And also because our role is we're kind of an agent in that environment, you know, there's us, there's the candidate, there's the, the client company, the employer of everyone making a really conscious effort about the whole onboarding cycle from when a person turns in their notice to when they step into the door at the new employer, um, just making sure there's regular contact that uh, the individual has shut down their job search and that the employer is, you know, rolling out the red carpet, you know, in terms of just, we're happy that you're coming. Here's some things to expect on your first day and just having regular communication to make that transition uh, as smooth as possible without a lot of the uh, emotional roller coasters that sometimes come with, um, you know, making a job change. And so the new employer uh, should certainly schedule regular contact with a candidate and be communicating what they should expect and making them feel welcome. You know, there's a lot of talk in the human resource community right now about the whole candidate experience from when they apply to when they're offered the job to when they come on board. And our employers, you know, and our clients just need to be very intentional that that process doesn't stop when the candidate accepts. It stops when the candidate then becomes an actual employee. Something else is maybe make the uh, employee feel like they know their purpose in their new role. Because uh, like you, I think uh, Matt mentioned earlier, the people might accept an offer and then before they start, they find a new job, grass is greener on the other side, something else happens and they decide to ditch the first job offer, go to some something different. Uh, so Matt, maybe you can talk about what, what are some things that employers can do or that we do to help candidates feel like they know what what impact they'll have at the new job, what the purpose is going to be to make them feel like it's something that they really want to move forward with. So I think 
it starts with the the new hire, the candidate, right? Are they more comfortable corresponding with you in text or email or, or phone call? I think for me personally, and I think speaking on behalf of, of most people, I think you know having that one-on-one FaceTime or communication via phone is certainly more intimate. It's it's more uh, personal, if you will. But yes, um, walking them through you know what you can expect on day one, things you can do in advance to be prepared, uh, any insights, warm fuzzies that you can provide to to uh, a new hire is, is critical, right? You want to protect that that person and their commitment to joining your team and, and do everything you can to um, keep them from taking on, you know, additional interviews after they've committed to a particular, particular role. And uh, Kurt, do you have any other final thoughts on uh, ghosting or what candidates should think about or anything else that employers should be? thinking about as they're going through the process? Yeah, I guess just the final thought is, you know, we're all adults in this process of, you know, interviewing and and taking new positions. And we should maintain a certain degree of professionality in how we we deal with each other. Uh, don't burn bridges. And, you know, treat others as you want to be treated, uh, whether that sounds corny or not. Um, you know, if you ghost an employer who's counting on you showing up, you've you've definitely created a very negative impact for that organization. Will they get over it? Of course they will. Um, but if you reverse it and an employer, just before you're due to start, uh, calls you and says, hey, I've changed my mind, we're going a different direction, and you've already turned in your notice where you're currently working, you would find that utterly and completely unprofessional. And even more so if the new employer filled the role without ever telling you, you show up for your first day and they let you know that they're sorry, but they've gone a different direction. So what I would ask is candidates, please think through, you know, how you're treating employers and employers, please think through how you're treating candidates. Um, Professionals don't ghost each other. And they think about the long term in terms of their own relationship or, or reputation. And so just treat each other with respect and be honest about concerns that you have along the way. And also be honest if you've had a change of heart, you know, but do it sooner than later. And don't make it apparent by just not showing up or not returning any calls or texts. And uh, Matt, if you have a, a candidate that you, you really like, you think it'll be a great fit for a role. And you have some initial communication, and then now uh, they just disappear. They're ghosting you. Uh, is there something you can do to reverse that or to get the communication going again? Or should you just give up and move on to something else? I wish there was a right answer to that. Um, and for me, I, I want to try and appeal to their emotions, saying if something's changed, that's okay. But you, you just got to let me know. So. I can let the team know. Let's not just leave them hanging, right? I'm trying to elicit some type of response from them. Um, and if that doesn't work, then then uh, um, uh, I'll issue another text and say, listen, uh, if, if I don't hear from you tomorrow at noon, um, you know, I'm going to have to rescind the offer and, and send a, a rescinding note to you. So uh, neither one of us are, are surprised 
when no one shows up on, on day one. So, I, right, there's no right or wrong answer to it. And I'm certainly trying to appeal to, to, to their, I guess, their, their sense of professionalism and decency to just let me know, right, uh, uh, what's going on. And uh, if worst case uh, scenario, uh, they don't respond within that 24-hour period, then then you've got to cover yourself as well from an employer standpoint is sending out the rescinding offer that uh, um, we're retracting our offer employment, right? So they're, we're just closing it off on our end too. Yep. And I, I think it's fair to say if, if you shoot somebody a text, then probably 99.9% chance that they're actually going to see it. Uh, and at that point, they're just choosing not to respond versus uh, maybe an email. They might not check it all the time or, you know, voicemails might go unlistened to, but usually texts I would think is the, the most obvious way to reach somebody and know that they actually read it. Um, so any other final thoughts, Matt, that no, employers I mean, or candidates just think about? It, it is, it, there's no right or wrong answer onto it, right? It's uh, everyone seems to respond to text, um, but we still have others that, you know, don't, uh, don't text and they want to call or an email. So, trying to connect with them, I would use all three aspects or all three platforms to try and reach somebody and make sure you understand from them, you know, how they want to be communicated with going forward. So, so if we have any uh, candidates out there that are looking for employment opportunities, uh, please visit our website uh, at impactbusinessgroup.com. We post new jobs daily uh, within IT, finance, accounting, engineering, admin, and, and various other roles. Uh, and, uh, if we have employers out there and you uh, are experiencing this, you know, getting ghosted and you're trying to maybe find some, some little bit of help, uh, we'd be happy to talk to you. Or if you're looking for candidates for a role, we'd be happy to talk to you. Uh, also visit our website at impactbusinessgroup.com and, and reach out to us there. Uh, and um, Matt, Kurt, thank you so much. It was a great conversation and uh, hope to have everybody back for our next episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.